we're going to dive in today. And we're going to talk about something. One thing that I always wanted to be as a church when we planted this church is a, a church that's not afraid of God confronting our hearts. Like, we don't want to be a church that picks certain texts because it makes people feel comfortable, right? Because a lot of times, feeling comfortable means that we're not allowing God to change the inner part of our hearts and becoming more like Jesus to the glory of his name. So we don't want to skip over certain texts. We don't want to not talk about morality or not talk about money or not talk about sin. Because when we do that, we become a church, like it says, it says toward the, towards the end, People will come lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God, and they will put men in the pulpits who say what they want to hear, that have itching ears, and they speak that. That was a prophecy as things got closer to Jesus' return. It said people will put people in the pulpits, they'll fill their churches where men will get up there, and they won't confront sin. They won't talk about the realities of heaven and hell. They don't, won't talk about money. They won't talk about sexual morality. You know, they'll put them in the pulpits, and their churches will get big because people have itching ears. So they'll make pastors who say what they want to say. And I pray that me and Dave and any future pastor in this congregation, that we love you enough not to get up here and say what you want to hear just to make this church have more attendance. I pray that we go through each text in the fullness and the wisdom of Jesus and the wisdom of God because it's good for our hearts. Because it's great for our hearts. Yeah, we might cry. Yes, we might feel convicted. Yes, we might toss and turn. Yes, it's going to mess up our lifestyle. But it's so good for you. Amen? It's just so good for you. Like I, and what I've learned is people in this congregation have people call me up and, Joey, I don't want the fluff. I'll preach a tough message, and after the person will come up and say, those are the messages I like. I think we're like that, and I'm thankful we're like that. But we're going to hit another one today where Jesus, you notice in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is coming right for the heart. Right? He doesn't ease into it. It's all about the heart. It's, it's it, turning our world upside down, but it's bringing us to fullness and the joy of him. So today he's talking about treasure and he's talking about money. Making serious things like you can't serve God and money. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Don't lay up your treasure here on earth where must, um, rust and moth destroy. So he's coming heavy. But I want our ears to be, come on, let me hear this. Because I want to invest in eternal things. I want to invest in what matters. You know, see, this life is a dot in eternity. And I want it to matter for eternal things so I can receive rewards in heaven. See, a lot of times people want to separate money and religion, money and church, money and God. Do you know that Jesus preached more about money than heaven and hell? 15% of all Jesus' message were on money. Know why they were? Because the heart runs to it as idolatry, right? You can. I would go as far as to say this, the way you spend your money, the way you invest your money, is central to your spiritual life. Central. See, we want to separate them. But Jesus says it's central. What we do with our money, how we spend it, shows what we value, and how much we value the church and the kingdom of God. You can't hide that from God. You can hide it from other people, but you can't hide what you value from God because you can see it by the way you distribute. I don't know that I saw that in a video. You can see that. How are you showing what you value? What I want us to get to today is I want to learn, us to learn not to invest in earthly things because it's a bad investment. 
but to invest in eternal things because Jesus says that's the best investment you can make. I want to tell you the story of two graves, two tombs. They were both in Egypt. The first one was King Tut, right? King Tut died at the age of 17. When they found his tomb, it was filled with solid gold chariots. That's serious. Remember we had solid gold cars? Solid gold chariots. More treasure than you could ever imagine. Just to find this brother, they had to go through one gold tomb, then another gold tomb, then another gold tomb. Let's go one more. There he is, King Tut. Gathered up all this earthly treasure. And you know what? Here on earth, if we don't have eternal viewpoint, we'll be in awe of that. Wow, King Tut's tomb. What a tomb. That's amazing. Is it really? Is it really? Why is it amazing? I think King Tut, now that he's in eternity, will probably say, will definitely say, none of that mattered. What does it matter that I'm buried in four golden tombs? What does it matter that there's salt and golden chariots surrounding me? What does that matter in eternity? I would say that wasn't a good eternal investment. You know, don't let that happen. If I'm in a gold tomb, someone makes some ruckus. So you see that tomb in Egypt. I would say that's a bad investment. Gathering up all these earthly treasures. It means nothing now in eternity. Then walking down the streets of Cairo, I want to bring you to another grave. This man's name was William Borden. People don't gather around this grave. People don't talk about it. It's not in our history books, but it's in God's history book. You go on the streets of Cairo, it's dusty, and you go to a place, and there's a little cemetery there with overgrown grass. It's overgrown. It's not really cared for, attended for, tended to. And it says William Borden, 1897 to 1913. He died when he was 25 years old. To understand William Borden, you've got to understand his life and the investments he made. He was rich. Graduated from Yale, heir to a fortune from Chicago. Could have lived a life of ease, a life of ease. Came from a prominent family. Father was big time. He chose to sell everything he had and become a missionary to Muslims to bring them the gospel. His grave said many things about how much he loved God and he loved people. But one thing really stood out. Someone wrote on his tombstone, apart from faith, his life makes no sense. No sense. He gave a million dollars to the China Inland Mission. His heritage. Now, a million dollars in 1930, imagine that a hundred years later, how much money that is. He died. He died being trained to do his work. Who made a better investment? Who's in God's Hall of Fame? Who's first now and was last here on earth? Don't waste your life gathering up things on earth. Please hear this today. I pray that at Restoration World there's a revolution when it comes to generosity in our hearts. That people real, we're not clean to things on the surface, but we value people and we value the glory of God and we value the advancement of the gospel. And it changes our life, it changes our legacy, it changes our future, it changes our eternity. Because it matters. 
And we'll get into the depth of that. But if you can turn, let's hear the words of Jesus. And if you would bear with me, I'm trying to be high tech here and use a Kindle. You know, but everyone knows I'm not high tech. We're going to go to um, Matthew. Hold on, guys. Matthew 6. Once I see it, I'll tell you the verses. Matthew six nineteen through 24. And please hear these as the words of the Son of God in thinking about it when it comes to gathering treasure and investing money in where your, where your treasure is and where your heart is. It says, do not lay up your treasures on earth where moth, moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is, is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So our hearts are going to be confronted today. I mean, some of us, maybe we're in a great place with money. Some of us need to grow. Um, some of us need to repent. There's all kinds of stuff that's going to be going on. But what does Jesus say right away? If you're looking at an investment plan, he says, do not lay up your treasures on earth. It's a command right out the gate. Like, if you're talking to those guys that tell you how to, like, I finally watched Dave Ramsey, and the dude's pretty good with money. Because I said, one of my goals this year was to learn more about money, steward my money better, and all those kind of things. I told you that guy, I told that to you guys last year. If Dave Ramsey got up and said something to you, you'd say, well, that guy knows about money. I should listen to him. How about the Son of God got up and told you how to invest your money? How many people like that? The first thing he says to you all to get, you got your notebook and you're at the seminar, I can't wait, come on. Do not lay up your treasures on earth. Don't gather it because moth and rust are going to destroy and thieves can break in and steal it. What he's saying is, this is temporary. And I know what I'm saying today, if you don't have faith that there's eternal God in an eternal place where eternal destination matters, then this doesn't matter to you. But if you believe everything Jesus said, if you believe there is a heaven and eternity, this matters how you invest your money. He says, do not lay up your treasures on earth. This is investment plan. Not like, maybe you should rethink some things. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's temporary. Because there's other things more valuable here on this earth than money. Starting with God's glory, and then people. People are worth so much more than the money you make. Souls that are dying who have not heard the gospel are so much more important than the money we make. So much more important. So much more important. And this is why Jesus can preach like this, because he talked about heaven and hell. And he talked about that they, he need to die and pay for our sins. This is eternal stuff. This is deep stuff. This ain't fluff or nada. He's talking heart and soul stuff here. This is why he's talking like this. 
Because it's temporary and people matter. We need to give our lights for the advancement of the gospel and people who need to hear the gospel. Not only hear the gospel, who need to be cared for and taught the word of God so they don't get lost and fall away and into all kinds of destruction. The church is the most important institution on earth in eternity. The most important. Because he says people can break in and take it away. I want to tell you that your money can be taken. I want to tell you your house can be burned down. I want to tell you you can crash your car today. Will your life be over if you lost everything in your 401k? Starts going down right now. If your treasure's there, it will bother your life that much. But if your treasure is God, no one can take it away. And it's eternally significant. I know uh, about six to eight years ago, my house got broken into. Fun. I come up. The door's flipped off. I'm just kind of like, you know, you get in that moment like, my house got broken into. What's going on? You feel so violated. You start looking around to see what, what people took. You know, there was some money taken. There was some jewelry taken. Dude even went and took some of my cheese and crackers. What's up with that? Who robs a house and eats cheese and crackers? Brother's going to work through some issues, man. But you know what bothered me the most? They took pictures of my kids and my family and my video camera with memories. Things that are eternal like relationships, you know. Jesus died so we can have eternal relationships that last forever with our family and our loved ones. I could care less about the jewelry. I could care less. I could care less about the money. That can be replaced. But to take memories of eternal relationships, that's what really matters. That's what we realize. Our stuff can be taken away. But eternal things will never be taken away. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, make a good investment. Stop wasting your life on bad earthly investments. Invest in the kingdom of God. Invest in, in people. You know, it's just passing. It's going to rust away. I remember when I bought my first truck. I worked so hard to save up $1,000. $1,000. I thought I was the man. It's like $20. Because what happened to me is I get my check on Friday. Monday, I'd be like, yo, can I borrow some money for lunch? Like, it just went. Like, I was like, I'd work hard, but I didn't know how to steward my money. So I was like, man, I'm saving up $1,000, and I'm investing in a truck. Went up to New Hampshire. Don't go there for cars. There's no lemon law. I go up there, and I buy a truck. I'm so excited, a little blue pickup. You know, I still drive the pickup, little, because I'm little. I can't drive one of those Mack trucks. So I'm driving one of these little pickups. It just needs to fix the clutch. So I get my buddy from church. I, I'm the worst mechanic, but I'll, I'm good at relationships, so I'll find a mechanic. So we're doing it. I'm passing them wrenches. You know, we fix the whole clutch. I drive it off with pride. Got a truck. Go to the gas station, fill it up. As I fill my gas tank up, there's gasoline pouring out all over under my truck. I said, okay, it's not raining. <laughs> I look under my truck. My whole gas tank had rot, was rotten. It was rotten. Ted. It was rotted. I said, all that investment, thousand bucks to me back in the day, that was like a million. I said, I invested in this thing that's passed away. It's useless. I can't even drive the thing. That's how it is when we invest in earthly things. We're going home one day. You're taking your last breath one day. You ain't going to care about your house or your car or your 401k that you didn't even spend. 
You care about how you invested in people and how you lived your life for the glory of God and what really mattered. Please hear these words today. Because where your heart treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus saying, he's coming for our hearts. He's coming for your money. When he gets your hearts, he gets everything else. Your money, your life, your talents, your resources. He's coming for our hearts. God made us for our hearts. He wants us to value him and his kingdom above all. And when that happens, your money follows. Because you know what matters. You invest your money in what matters to you the most. If you matter to you the most, that's where your money goes. If God and his kingdom matters the most, that's where your money goes. Because where your heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. I went to see The Last Hobbit this week. I felt it was my duty to see Lord of the Rings 18. And what happened in this movie, there was this dwarf. Are there any Lord of the Rings people here? His name was Doran. So Doran, I liked him. He was a bad man. You know, he took care of business. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to defeat this dragon smog. And I'm an adult talking like this. They're trying to defeat this dragon smog. And he's just, this dragon loves his gold. Just swimming in it. You know, he's just laying it. Your brother's just laying in his gold. Doesn't need anyone else in the world. Just him and his gold. And loves it. They want to reclaim, and I don't know the story that good. Give me some grace. They want to reclaim. Basically, they want to get rid of this dragon. When they get rid of this dragon, the gold becomes the, the dwarfs. And Thorin is the king. And he's standing in this gold. And everything changes about him. Everything changes about him. His demeanor, the way he sees the world, the way he approaches life, the way he sees himself. All of a sudden, he's holy and magnified. And his friends can see it, and they call it dragon sickness. You know, he has dragon sickness. He fell in love with the gold. It changed everything about him. His heart became polluted, so his eyes became polluted. His heart was polluted by the love of money. So the way he saw the world, the way he saw other people, was all polluted by his heart. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you have a little money, you become paranoid, right? What they saying? Why are they my friend? What are they trying to do? They liked my car a little too much. Everything became paranoid with Thorin. And no, everyone else could see it but Thorin. Everyone going to see that he became dragon sick. It affected his whole life because he got to his heart. If your heart is polluted and you love money, you're going to see the world and justify your money in so many different ways. I talk to people all the time. And as a pastor, I walk away and I, can, I said, I can't believe what they're talking. And they are justifying that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But I love them. <laughs> but I'm like... I know why I understand, because I know man's heart. I know my heart. I know when I want to justify my money in the way I give, I do all kinds of things. I'll be breaking out scripture on you. What are you talking about, dog? Like, I, I know how our hearts is. We do that. That's what our hearts do. They're dirty. They get polluted, and they do that. And we justify the way we spend our money on ourselves and on what we want. We do those things. So I want you to realize that you have a polluted heart. Because some people say, you just have great hearts. No, you don't. <laughs> we have polluted hearts that need the gospel and need Jesus to change them so we see things right. That's Jesus is saying the eye, you know, if the eye has light, the whole body is filled with light, but the eye is filled with darkness, how great is that darkness? Because the way you see the world has to do with your heart. You know, have ever talked to someone whose heart is really polluted and you're like, they're just not seeing things right? This isn't reality. That's because their heart is way off and their heart is treasuring something else. What Jesus is saying He's saying, treasure me. Treasure me 
That's what matters the most. Don't treasure earthly things. Treasure eternal things that matter forever. Now he gets into it where he says, I just think this is real prophetic because I just, I'm amazed at how Jesus is right to the point. He says, you can't serve God and money. Does that seem like black and white language? He's saying like, you can't do it. You can't do it. Now we need to know today, I'm not saying don't make money. I'm not saying you're a sinner if you're rich. I'm not saying you're a sinner if you're poor. I'm saying we all, whether we're rich or poor, our hearts need to be devoted to God first, and that will then the way we invest our money will follow. Do you hear what I'm preaching? There were rich people in Jesus' kingdom. There were poor people in Jesus' kingdom, and they all worked together to advance the gospel. This is a heart issue, and then money follows. See, Jesus is talking to a people. The Pharisees that fell in love with money, fell in love with it. If you saw these brothers, they had more gear then you, can, you just sell their clothes and you buy a house. They took advantage of people so they would give them money. The kingdom of God had turned to people actually loved money. And money could be the number one idol that people serve instead of God. What does money do for us? It lets us do whatever we want to do. It gives us things that God can only give. In our mind, it's illusion. You think it gives us stuff. So the first illusion is you, we think money makes us happy. I want to read you some quotes of some rich people. We think money, let me ask you, would you be a lot more happier if there was $5 million in your bank account when you went home? Maybe a little. Let me talk about some rich people in their quotes at the end of their lives. Rockefeller said, I have made many millions, but it brought me no happiness. Rockefeller. Andrew Carnegie said, millionaires seldom smile. More money, more problems. Henry Ford said this, I was happier when I was doing a mechanic's job. <laughs> Can you believe Henry Ford? Because these people got to the end of their life and they made all this money and they realized money doesn't equal happiness. Please hear this today. Money doesn't equal happiness. The world's telling you it does. Jesus is telling you it doesn't. Only thing that's going to make you happy is God and being totally devoted to him. Money does not bring happiness. Jesus Christ does. Let that sit in your soul. Secondly, we think money is going to bring us ultimate security. We think that if we have a big enough 401k, a big enough house, a big enough alarm system, if we got all the things covered, that we got nothing to fear. Let me tell you, money can't control the wind. God controls everything. What did we talk about last week? Jesus said, I know there's a tendency for you guys to go after money first and go after these things and go after your needs and your clothes and your food. I know there's a tendency to be devoted to those things first. Don't be devoted to those things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and those things will come. We go after those things because we think they can give what only God can give. Ultimate security, once again. What you have can pass away today, but your God never will. We think that money makes us look successful, so we find our identity in money. How many people, like I see dudes on Facebook just posting cash. Give my cash. I was like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? 
You think that you have a better identity or look successful because you have more money? Really? I ask you, do you buy into that? Do you want the people to, do you find your identity in money? Jesus was the most successful person ever walked the earth. He was homeless. Homeless. He was successful. God doesn't measure it that way. He looks down at us with a, once again, there's nothing wrong with making money. I think what Jesus is saying, the problem is hoarding it and gathering it and using it just for yourself. I think that's the problem. The church needs people who make money. You know, the kingdom of God needs that to advance it. You ever watch hoarders? I want to puke. I can't even watch that show. My wife goes on a run, and I'm just like, get this off the TV. And the people are so delusional. They're like, this is okay. It's not okay that there's a car, a 1906 car in your living room. You don't put Harleys in the bathroom. Like, I look at that, and I say, this is why are they hoarding all the stuff? Why are they gathering all the stuff? Sell it and invest it. In eternal things, you think like, there's a better way you could steward this. Excuse me. I'm thinking there's a better way you can steward this. I picture God looking down at all our earthly riches when we're not investing them in eternal things, and we look like hoarders. In our eyes, we're like, look at us. Who needs advice? And she's saying, man, you ain't getting it. You look like hoarders. You're gathering all this stuff, and there's people dying without the gospel. You're gathering all this this stuff, and people need to have time spent with them so they don't commit suicide. You're gathering all this stuff, and there's a family out there that needs you to sell something and give them food or shelter. That's heavy, but that's serious. That's real serious. So I want to talk about, in the application portion, I want to talk about how do we invest in eternal things. And I think there's three things that are talked about in Matthew 6. So you want to invest eternally. Some of us know how to invest earthly. And if you're using that for the glory of God, keep going. God has given you a financial gift. He's given you a gift to make money, but it's for his glory. And use it for that. First of all, we see in Matthew, in the beginning of Matthew 6, he says, don't do your righteousness before men so you'll be seen by them. Because if you do that, you have your reward. Do it for your Father who rewards you in heaven. Number one way to invest eternally is do the right thing. Be holy. Grow in sanctification. Some of us think it doesn't matter. We're like, it's all about grace. Here I am doing all, all right, and he's still got grace, and he's doing whatever he wants. Not in eternity. Listen, we all get Jesus. Salvation is free. But people will be rewarded differently in heaven. Do you know that? They will be rewarded. To him who gave much, he will receive much. Who gave little will receive little. Now we're going to be happy. But there's a degree of stewardship, and there's a degree of reward, all that. That's for another message. I can't get into that today. We'll, we'll be here till tonight. But the way you live righteously matters before God, and every time you do the right thing, you're making an internal investment. Every time you give to the poor, in Matthew 6, what does it say? Don't give to the poor so everybody sees you. Do it so your father... And heaven sees you and he'll reward you. Every time you give to the needy, you're storing up treasure in heaven. In heaven. And someone who doesn't give to the needy is not going to get the same reward as you. What else? When you pray, pray for these things and your Father will reward you. 
Every time you pray for the advancement of the kingdom of God, you are investing in eternal things. What are we praying for? His kingdom come, his will to be done to stay away from evil so we can live holy and righteously, praying for others, praying for forgiveness. All those things, when you give, when you're righteous, when you pray, you are storing up treasure in heaven. Now, here we go. We're going to take a, a trip down heart check as a community. I want to talk about this as a community. A church our size, our giving last year as a church, right? Would everyone agree, past all the stuff, that the church and the mission of God is the most important and valuable thing on earth? I think many of us, maybe some of us are still working on that, you know? It's important that we know that because sometimes, listen, I'm all forgiven to the hungry, I'm all forgiven to the poor, but that's a temporary need. There's an eternal need out there. Heaven and hell, destination, need the gospel. What is the church called to do? Proclaim the gospel and make disciples. It's even much more. We want to do both, take care of temporary, but even more eternal needs. Right? It's the most valuable thing. As a church, in our network, on average, compared to other churches our size, what do you think our giving looks like? Someone asked me this question in membership. They asked me, how much are we under the mark of an average for our church and our side with generosity? Last year, we were 18,000 under the average for a church our size. 18,000 under. Wow. Where's that money? Our phones, our flat screens, our cars, our vacations, our treasure. Guys hear what I'm preaching now? Can we talk openly? Because you know there's no condemnation, but let's be honest. Do you know what we're on pace this year for a church outside? Because we crossed the plateau. Last year we were in zero to 50. Now we have 58 adults and 22 children. So we're in the 50 to 100, right? We're on pace to give $67,000 less than a church our size average. Do you say we have, I'm t- now some of you are generous. I'm not trying, but we, we're in this as a team. So some of us be good and some of us don't get, we're in this as a team. We're on pace to give $60,000 less than a church our size. What does that say to some of our hearts as a church? The good news is we don't have to stay there. Amen? But we want to talk like adults here. That tells me that we're not valuing the kingdom of God, that we're not getting it. In all our justifying and all our pollution of our heart, we're missing the point that the most important thing on earth is to glorify God and see people saved. We're missing it. We're missing it. Because our treasure is somewhere else. But the gospel doesn't leave us there. Please hear that today. I don't say that to condemn you guys. I always want to say that because I know our hearts. But I believe in this church, and I believe we're generous. You know what other pastors tell me? They say, Joey, you need a lot more people because you know the kind of people you reach. I'm like, don't talk to me like that. I'll talk about that. The kingdom of God was built on poor people. These people had nothing but their heart. They treasured God, and that's why they changed the world. The widow gave two mites, but it's all she had, and Jesus was in awe of it. said, tell her this to the end. Whether rich or poor, or whoever's here, it ain't about gathering a bunch of rich people. It's about gathering a bunch of people who get that God is their treasure and the advance of the gospel is what life is all about and investing eternity. Amen? So I believe by the grace of God that our hearts can be changed and we can come a church even this year that becomes self-sustaining and even blows that away with generosity. 
I really want you to ask you guys this question because we also get into this thing where we're like only people who have money should give. Really? Where do you see that in the Word of God? We don't even know what poor is. We don't even know what poor is. I, and I talk to people all the time, so I'm always talking to someone who says they have no money. They got an iPhone 8-2, a modern car, they're eating out three times a week. You got no money? No, you have money. You're investing in other things. Let's straight shoot. Why play around? It's eternal. I believe that even this year, we become self-sustainable. If we're 67, we can only go up. And we have been growing each year, but we need to grow in generosity. We need to grow in eternal investment. And I want to finish with this story. There was a man named Alfred Noble. Some of you might know of him. Alfred Noble invented uh, dynamite. He had a brother who was close to his age, and his brother died. They thought that Alfred died, so they wrote obituary up for him. Alfred read his own obituary. You know what it said? This student made so much money, he's a merchant of death of dynamite that killed people. And he was shaken because he looked at his legacy and said, this is what I spent my talents and my money on? This is how people think of me? They call me the merchant of death? He was so shaken by reading his obituary that he changed his life. He invested $9 million in a Nobel Peace Prize for anyone who worked for the good of humanity. You heard of it? People don't remember him now for making dynamite. They remember him for the Nobel Peace Prize. For many of us, that can be the same. I want you to leave the past of not being generous and treasuring things that are behind and allow your legacy to change today. Be a generous person. Let's be a generous church that uses our treasure, our gifts, our finances to make God known. Amen? Thank you for listening, guys.